And welcome back to Sports the Nemo Way, the Kobe Bryant edition, Black Mamba. The 6'6", 212-pound shooting guard is a five-time champ, one-time MVP. He's an 18-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, playing 20 years in the league after being the 13th overall pick, and he is a Hall of Famer. With career averages of 25, 5, and 4 on 44% shooting. Now I will kick to Drew, who has Kobe ranked the highest of any of us, and number 6 overall, and number 2 on his shooting guard list. Drew? Uh, well, Kobe got a lot of what we're looking for here at the top of our list. Let's just be honest. He's got the longevity playing through a lot of his stuff. He had injuries, but I think for the most part, Kobe played through his injuries because he knew people were coming to see him play. When the Lakers were in town, they want later in his career, he said, I, I don't want to not play, and people spend their tickets just not so. I respect him for that, playing through injuries and stuff when he tried, shooting his free throws with his torn Achilles. Um, he always has fingers or something was always taped on his body. He was always icing something after before games. Um, then you had young Kobe, who was just ecstatic to watch from. He came straight out of high school. Um, I mean, he took him a little time to get in the league, obviously, being that small, 18, coming straight out of high school, took him six, uh, was he sixth man of the year? Nope. No. I think he no. might have had one. No. No, no sixth man of the year. I think he, was, he got votes for it the one of his years before he became a full-time starter. And then he won the three titles with Shaq. But I think one of, the, one of my favorite things about Kobe is after Shaq and all that left, he was really left with nothing there for about a, four or five year stretch in LA but he stuck it out and tried his best that's when his 81 points happened and he stuck it out in LA and then he got his two rings by himself and <laughs> Shaq said when Kobe won that fifth ring he started throwing a temper tantrum at home he was not happy that Kobe <laughs> passed him so I credit Kobe for that if he did it with Shaq and then he did it again by not by himself but he didn't have to have Shaq because so if Kobe doesn't win those next two rings, we're all going to say, oh, Kobe had to do it with Shaq. He can never get it done by himself. Because that's what it looked like after the Celtics beat him that first time when they manhandled the Lakers the first time. They just kind of bullied him around that year. So I think that's a lot for Kobe to get those last two. Fair enough. And that will lead us to Uncle Doug, who has him ranked one spot lower at number seven overall and also two on his shooting guard list. Yeah, having watched Kobe from the time the Lakers traded for him to the last game he played, <clears throat> didn't always agree with what everything that went on off the court. Uh, some of the things he said to teammates were a little harsh, but uh, nobody ever accused him of not wanting to win. And he gave everything he had. Um, he finished with 33,000 points, number four on the scoring list. Uh, his average was 12th. Uh, rebounds, he's 120th. Uh, assists, he's actually 32nd on the all-time list. 17th on the steal list. Um, and when you look at his averages, um, playoff averages were pretty much identical, maybe slightly higher on the scoring, um, but pretty much the same. So he, what you got in the regular season was what you were going to get in the playoffs. Um, and, of course, the night he went for 81, I've heard Jalen Rose talk about that game numerous times, but how they took turns guarding him. And 
that was just one of those nights where everything he put up went in. Well, I shouldn't say that. He shot a lot. (laughs) (laughs) He was scoring. He found a way to score, and they couldn't stop him. Um, So, yeah, enjoyed watching Kobe play. All right. Well, that would be where I would kick to Wade. But, unfortunately, Wade's not here again. Having some troubles uh, schedule-wise with Willard. But uh, he has him identically ranked Uncle Doug at 7 overall and 2 on his shooting guard list. So that will kick to me, actually, who has Kobe ranked just a couple spots back at number 9 overall and still number 2 on his shooting guard list. Well, here's what I'll say about Kobe in my opening statement. Kobe is the closest thing we've ever seen to Michael Jordan. And uh, Kobe did his best to imitate Mike. And I think Kobe was, he was close. He was really athletic. Just not quite as freaky athletic as Mike. He developed his uh, low post uh, turnaround jumper game. And he was good with it, deadly with it. Just not quite as efficient as Mike. He got five titles instead of six. Everywhere you look, Kobe was right there. He just falls a little short of Mike. I like Kobe, you know. Um, I think uh, I've learned here recently just how close Kobe was to Mike. Um, And he uh, took a lot of advice from Mike on how to deal with his teammates. Um, So, you know, some of the stuff that... Uncle Doug may have mentioned, you know, wasn't always very nice to his teammates. Well, that's a Mike thing. Um, anybody that's, you know, grew up watching Mike, or in Drew's case, um, watching The Longest Dance, or The Last Dance, sorry, The, <laughs> the Longest Dance. <laughs> the Longest Dance. I don't know why I said it that way. My bad. Um, the Last Dance, like, Mike was great. Kobe was great. And they expected greatness. And uh, I do think that the one thing that differentiated between the two and may have cost Kobe some of the things we're talking about where he falls short of Jordan is I think Mike did finally realize he had to trust his teammates some and they allowed them to help him win. And I don't know that Kobe ever did that. Kobe, even when he was an old man and couldn't couldn't really do it much anymore those last few years when he was beat up and injured and everything, he was still going to go out and shoot 20, 25 times a night and yell at his teammates and, um, you know, do those things and just not really allow them to help him the way that sometimes other superstars could, and I think it held him back in certain areas. But that is my opening statement on Kobe Bryant. And that will lead us to Ray, who has him ranked the lowest of anybody, uh, a little bit back from even myself at 16 overall. But for the first time ever, all of us have somebody identically ranked on our position list. Every single one of us has Kobe at number two on their shooting guard list. So, Ray, 
All right. So I'm going to go over the draft because this is kind of a wacky draft. <laughs> <coughs> Uncle Doug's questions. Of where. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm going to Google. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wacky draft to where Kobe landed, how he got there, and then. If he would have st- if he wouldn't have got traded to Charlotte, that's kind of interesting too. So I kind of went ahead and went with just talking about the draft. So the New Jersey Nets, who had the eighth pick in the nineteen ninety six draft, were planning on getting Kobe until a last minute turn of events, as documented in Jonathan Abrams' book *Boys Among Men*. Uh, the new Nets head coach and executive vice president John Calipari got cold feet about drafting Bryant when Bryant told him he would play in Italy if the Nets drafted him, which I don't blame Kobe. Who wants to play in New Jersey? Uh, so they ended up getting Kerry Kittles instead. So he Bryant fell to the 13th pick, taken by Charlotte, who Charlotte later uh, traded it to Los Angeles for Va- uh, Vladi Divots. So then... Uh, a quote from Bryant in 2015, uh, Charlotte never wanted me. Hornets head coach Dave Callens told me that he didn't want me. It was a question of me even playing in Charlotte. It wasn't a question of me even playing in Char- uh, Charlotte. They had a couple of guards already, a couple small forwards already. So it wasn't like I would have been off the bench much. Just 17-year-old coming out of Lower Marion High School, Bryant used the trade as fuel for the rest of his career. So... There's that portion. Um, now, the r- reason I want to go over this draft stuff is because uh, the rosters were kind of interesting. So let me tell you about the rosters among the two teams. And this is if uh, Kobe Bryant didn't get traded. So the Charlotte, the Charlotte roster, I'll just do the starting five that I got made up. Uh, Muggsy Bogues. It would have been Kobe Bryant, Glenn Rice, uh, Anthony Mason, and Matt Geiger as their starting five. And if Matt Collins had a little bit of open-mindedness, he could have threw like a, a three-guard spread and put Del Curry and ran Matt Geiger and uh, Glenn Rice as the bigs. And then we have the Los Angeles starting five, which was Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones, Cedric Sabalas, Elton Campbell, and Shaq. And then they probably would have pulled uh, Vladi off the bench. So, let's see where I'm at here. So, oh, okay. So then, um, if Kobe would have stayed, they were missing a, a a good center, which they had in Los Angeles. But in Charlotte, they only had really had Matt Geiger, which is career bench player. But as you go through the draft, uh, Charlotte had two picks in the first round. They took Kobe at 13, and it took a point, car, uh, point guard of Tony Delk at 16. I like Tony Delk. Yeah, I remember Tony. So, he, so he's, I mean, he was decent. I mean... Not a crazy point guard or nothing. You know, decent pick. But they were missing the center. So right after Tony Delk, Jermaine O'Neal, Jermaine O'Neal was picked. Hmm. Ooh, that would have been interesting. Yeah. And then three slots down at 20, we had Ogalskis. 
Oh. So top two center picks. Right off the bat, right after uh, Kobe Bryant. So they could have took one of those instead of Tony Delk. Now it even gets crazier because they were looking for a backup point guard because they didn't really have one because they wouldn't have drafted Tony Delk if they would have got Jermaine O'Neal. So then I looked at the free agency at the point guard. We had Chris Childs, Derek Harper, Spud Webb, Mark Price, Vernon Maxwell, and Brian, uh, Byron Scott, which played a little point guard, mostly shooting guard, but he could have, you know, the veteran presence sometimes is yeah. needed. So now, looking at a revised roster, it would have been Muggsy Bogues and me, myself, I probably would have signed Mark Price. Just for the veteran, keep the locker room together with the two high school kids in the in the locker room. So you have Muggsy Bogues and uh, Mark Price, Kobe Bryant, Glenn Rice, Jermaine O'Neal, uh, Geiger or Mason at power forward, or they could throw in Del Curry, depending on on the lineup. So I just want to throw that out there because there's a lot, a lot of things that could have happened that didn't. But if they wouldn't have traded Kobe, they had a lot of options that they could have fixed that Charlotte roster, and it would have looked pretty decent. So I just want to give a little perspective on the what if on the draft because we're going to be talking Kobe up this whole episode, so I kind of wanted to get away from that. So there's the draft. Well, I will say that I think Kobe went into a great situ- great situation um, being drafted to L.A. where they already had an established super- superstar in Shaq. Yeah. Um, they also had two really good, what would you say, borderline all-stars and Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel. So there wasn't this giant heap of expectations on Kobe those first couple years. He could sit on the bench and let those guys do their thing, and, uh, and then a couple years later he was able to emerge as a um, much better and more mature, not just mentally but physically more mature player. Um, I mean, like you you mentioned Jermaine O'Neal earlier, Ray. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal sat the bench for the first few years of his career too because he, he needed to fill out physically. Yeah. He's, he's just too yeah, skinny. He skinny. I mean, that's true too. Um, and I think, well, first off, I'll, I'll touch on this, Ray. I think Jermaine O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, if they would have drafted them, you know, 13 and 19 or whatever you said those two picks were, um, three or four years into their career, those two would have been a pretty fearsome duo. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it would have been. Now, most of those guys you mentioned um, to play with them would have been on their way out the door of their careers by the time those guys got ready. Well, yeah. And uh, I and I didn't even mention uh, Drew's boy Tom Chambers was on the Charlotte team at that time. Oh, too. <laughs> so he was on the way out too. Yeah, I mean Muggsy Bogues and Glenn Rice and Anthony Mason and those guys would have been pretty well retiring by the time those two got good. But but you got to understand though, Glenn Rice came to the Lakers and they won a title with him that 2000 season. Yeah, but he was washed up. I mean, right? But I mean, I mean he, he was still decent in '96. Yeah. No, in 96 he was, but by the time Kobe was able to play, is what I was saying, you know, and be good, that um, he was not the same player anymore. um, But when you have two budding superstars, guys will come sign with your team and want to play with you. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm sure they could have replenished the crop of guys um, with with them. I, but I still don't think it's as, as good of a situation as as getting to play with Shaq. Well, yeah, no, right. No, no. I mean, we just talked about Shaq what two episodes ago. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the type of player we're talking about. And as much as I love Jermaine O'Neal, and and I think Jermaine O'Neal could have been in the Hall of Famer if injuries hadn't derailed his career. Um, you know, he's not on the level of Shaq. Right, no. I, I agree with that one. Um, so I guess I was I would put it like this. If he stays in Charlotte, they make the Jermaine O'Neal pick, which is, a, which is a very good what if, by the way, Ray. Um, I would say Kobe and Jermaine could have challenged for and maybe in their career with a title. But the way it worked out, Kobe has five. Right, yeah. way better. Um, so, and I, and I've often wondered, like, <clears throat> with not just Kobe, but with a lot of guys that get a get a title or two, but get over the hump is what I'm saying. With somebody else as the best player, and then go on to be the best player on championship teams, how much that learning experience and watching somebody else go through it and not having to do it not having to do it yourself the first time you win a championship helps you win those ones later. You know, even even with somebody like Magic, you know, they won a championship right off the bat, but Kareem was the one taking all that big pressure. You know, right. Kareem was the one that was, I, this is my team, you know, kind of like Shaq was to Kobe, you know, those first few. You know, like, I wonder how much it helps guys like that. You know, like when it becomes your team, watching somebody so closely do it how that helps you learn how to be that leader yeah well another thing looking at what you were talking about ray what if charlotte had not traded kobe to the lakers but had drafted jermaine with 19 and traded him to the lakers Mm. for vlade that would have been interesting too and then charlotte has a young kobe and vlade but then the Lakers have Shaq and Jermaine O'Neal well, yeah. to grow. I mean, again, he'd come into that good situation where he could take a couple years, grow, they could nurture him, take care of him. And then you've got Shaq in the paint and O'Neal working around him. And Well, then I'll, I'll put it to you this way, though. We talked in the Shaq episode about the battles between the Lakers and the Spurs. If you yeah. change Jermaine O'Neal out with Kobe... Right. Then it's Duncan and Robinson versus Shaq, Shaq and Jermaine. Right. Like, that is just brutal. Yes. I mean, that would have been exciting to watch. How about big man basketball? Right. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. talking like four big men just slugfest. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That, that would have been interesting. Now we barely have one big guy in the paint. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, you really think Vlade's much better than Jermaine? Like, I'm not I'm getting where you're going, Uncle Doug. And you're like, Jermaine's playing with Shaq. I was like, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, that just kind of hit me. I was like, wait a minute. Could have been Jermaine. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, and it might have totally changed the trajectory of his career. You know. Yeah. So, I was really hoping Wade was going to be here tonight. Because I had a question for Wade. Oh, boy. But I'm going to ask it to you guys because I want to hear y'all's answer. Um, statistically, um, Kobe has a very, very close stat line career-wise to somebody else. Oh. And their big, and their but their big difference is is championships. 
But Kobe and AI have very similar stat lines. Mm. And it's not like Kobe's Mr. Efficiency. He's like like 2% higher than him field goal percentage-wise. There's like a point difference, and then there's like one has two more rebounds and one has two more assists. Right. Um, Two points difference in their field goal percentage. They both have one MVP. Um, I mean, uh, uh, let's just call it what it is. They're both both high-volume shooting guards um, who won an MVP um, and don't – they're – they do some other things, but they're not dominant at any other thing. I'd say Kobe's a much better defender than AI is. Yeah, there is there is a a difference defensively, which I think really has a lot to do with just size. Oh, yeah. AI AI was not a James Harden. He didn't not try defensively. He was just small. Right, so Kobe yeah, was six, so much shorter. Yeah, five eleven. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that helps out Kobe. Um. I think you're right. Him having five titles and some of Kobe's brighter moments shine through, then you don't see all those bad moments Kobe has. I mean, you still see him. You still see Kobe airballing, game-winning shots. You <laughs> yeah. But then you just go back to Kobe hitting game winner after game winner and other situations where AI had that one really good season and that one appearance, and then you never see him again, really. He had other problems. Yeah. Um. Anybody else have anything on that? I no, I, you're right. I When I was kind of looking through my numbers, I did see that their numbers are close. And, of course, the, the titles is, you know, and the defense, like Drew mentioned, is really what separates them. Um, but, yeah, that's, that is, I mean, you're right. The stat lines are close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a couple other in just interesting things. Kobe is the first guard to play 20 seasons. Oh, really? I mean, most guys that played that long were big men. Hmm. But he was one of the first. Gu- that like the f- the r- thing that I read was he was the first guard to play twenty seasons. His four All Star Game MVPs ties him with Bob Pettit for the most All Star MVPs. That's right, the legend. Which so I mean, All Star MVP is not a great accolade, <laughs> but you know, still. That's right, Tom Chambers. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> And he is uh, second with his 18 All-Stars on the All-Star list. Second most. Well, I also brought up the AI thing because I wanted to touch on some other things. Um, I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. You know, we kind of talk about that, uh, I don't know what, what you call it, um, the uh man i'm totally drawing a blank here guys i'm just like this is a terrible podcast um the i don't know what you would call it uh the the skill or the thing that comes over you at some point in your career where you learn that you can't do it yourself Mm. and you have to have your teammates and some guys come into the league with it um i think I think Bird and Magic came into the league with it. Right. Um, I think uh, Russell came into the league with it. Um, you know, I'm sure there's other guys I'm not thinking of, you know. But certain guys come into the league and don't think like that. 
Mike didn't think like that when he came to the league. Nope. Um, <laughs> and you would have thought he would have. And North coming out of North Carolina, yeah. playing with Worthy and Perkins, and he wasn't the star at first no. at North Carolina. No, Worthy was right. Yeah, you know, and like in playing for what did he play three years at North Carolina, or did he play all four? Did he played three. Oh, he played. just played three. Yeah, played three years under Dean Smith. You would think, you know, rely on your teammates, let your teammates help would have been yeah. right up there. What he knew, but <laughs> definitely, you know, but. Um, I think Mike didn't learn that till later in his career, you know, so many years into his career. Um, and I, from the outside looking in, I don't know that Kobe ever learned it. Uh, yeah, I don't know that he ever did. Not until maybe after he retired. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's that's kind of where I led with the AI question is like, we call AI a ball hog. We call AI selfish. Um, you know, we unafi- un- we call him inefficient. Um, Which were things Kobe was called yeah. in his career as well. Say, <laughs> right. And I don't I, argue that Kobe was not definitely a ball I, hog. I think all those things fit Kobe. Um, but I think they've gone away recently for some reason. And maybe it's because he's passed away. Sure. Um, we tend to glorify athletes and act- actors and stuff if they pass away. You know, when they're, I don't know, I don't want to use too many examples because I'll make people mad. But, like, you know. You, you tend to overlook some of their flaws. Yes, because you don't want to speak ill of the dead. And right. Things yeah. like that. Um, but Kobe had some of those same qualities as AI. One went to a pathetic Philadelphia franchise. And one went to the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. With yeah. Shaq. With Shaq, yeah. Yeah. The most dominant player of a era of basketball. I mean, whether it's a short era or a long era, that could be debated, but he was the most dominant player in basketball for a number of years there. Um, Kobe did have his downs after Shaq left there for about that five. Well, I think that was the biggest learning period of Kobe's career. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was going out and putting up huge numbers and winning 30 games. Yeah. And... Well, I think somebody that's really overlooked in all this, uh, first of all, Jerry West had the vision to see Kobe's talent yeah, and went and got him. But the other Laker draft pick in the 96 draft was Derek Fisher. Mm-hmm. D-Fish. And D-Fish and Kobe were close. And D-Fish was like kind of smooth things between he and the other teammates. And you can see when... Even when Phil Jackson came and D-Fish left for a while, they got better when they brought him back. Yeah, they did. Even I old, remember that. Old Derek Fisher was still. You know, I mean, needed. obviously he went four years of Kai, so he's four years older than Kobe. They came in together, but there was a loyalty with those guys, and Kobe needed that friend in the locker room, somebody to, to kind of be the buffer maybe. And D Fish did that. Well, um, I know we brought it up in the. Uh, what did you end up naming it, Ray? The uh, special episode we did last week. Oh, the not exactly an emergency. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the not exactly emergency episode that uh, Jackie McBowen is doing a, a new podcast called uh, Icons, NBA Icons, and it's talking about the NBA, for lack of a better 
term the NBA fraternity and guys passing knowledge down to each other and being like helpful and like big brothers to each other and like who were like the the greats doing that and the first ep- the first episode came out last week and it was about Wilt and Russell and how they tutored other people and they're talking about Jabbar talking about Walton talk you know guys like that who they brought in not just on the court stuff but like um I guess uh Russell um when they had, I can't remember what they want what they called it but um when all those uh African American athletes stood up with uh when after Martin Luther King di- was mm-hmm. assassinated and with the Ali th- they supported Ali too yeah and the Ali thing mm-hmm. um Russell reached out to Jabbar who was still in college and was like hey bro we need you to come up here you know like stuff like that like how they were showing each other not just how to be better basketball players but how to be better men right um I, a, a couple years after Shaq left um this is a, there was a snippet from the Kobe one of the Kobe the, the, from the Kobe episode, and uh, so I haven't seen the obviously listened to the whole episode, but it talks about how a couple years after Shaq left, Kobe's like, you know, something's missing. Like I'm not, like I'm floundering without you know Shaq being here to be the other star. Like what I need to do. So I guess he reached out to. Um, now I'm blanking. Mike, Bird. And somebody else. There was three of them. He reached out to three guys. Mike, Bird, and somebody. I'm blanking on who they were. And and just picked their brain and talked to them. Mike says he would, like, routinely call them at, like, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, and then be like, hey, I did. I blew up and, did, and said this, this, and this in practice today. Was I too bad? Was I too harsh? Or, you know, did they have it coming? You know, <laughs> you know like, stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, I think that's going to be really interesting to hear the, I mean, obviously we're not going to hear a lot from Kobe cause he's passed, but you know, hear what these guys have to say. Those conversations were like with Kobe cause I guess Jordan and Bird and them were coming on co- the Kobe episode to talk about some of that stuff. Um, but, uh, this is what Phil had to say about it. I have this quote from Phil Jackson. He's talking about Kobe here. Sometimes his needs over overwhelm the rest of the ball club's necessity. <laughs> As we get into the playoffs, that will dissipate. Because he knows that he's got to put his ego aside and conform to what we have to do if we're going anywhere in the playoffs. Any player that takes it on himself to do that, play for himself, knows that he's going against the basic principles of basketball. That's a selfish approach to the game. You know when you're breaking down the team or you're breaking down the and doing the indi- individualistic, you're going to have, you know, some unhappy teammates. And he knows these things intuitively. I have trust. I have to trust the fact that he's going to come back to that spot and know that the timing's right. The season's over. Things have been accomplished. Records have been stuck in the books. Statistics are gelled in. Now let's go ahead and play basketball the way it's supposed to be. And I just took it as like Kobe used the um, regular season to try things, test things, um, 
put his name in the record books. Yeah. Um, but when it came to the playoffs, um, well, I'm going to take things a little bit more seriously. I'm going to, you know, do things a little bit differently because it matters more here. And I think that's what Phil was trying to say is the way I took it. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And there's no doubt Kobe took winning very seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read, I've read a couple books on him, and one of them talks about uh, when he was in high school, uh, a kid um, screwed up at the end of it and cost him a game. And, like, the next day at school, the, they tell the story of Kobe chasing him through the school. I mean, <laughs> Kobe came in the gym. The kids saw him and took off running, and Kobe was right after him. And they finally had to catch him and stop him. <laughs> he was going after the guy. <laughs> the kid just knew as soon as Kobe walked in. I mean, you know, I mean, he – but he was just driven. Um, I, and I do like a lot of the stuff that came out later um, about he and his daughter mm-hmm. and how much he loved watching her play. And watching him train with her and work with her, and um, the, and I can't think of the young lady's name, but she's an amazing basketball player, came out of Oregon, and she was just devastated when Kobe was killed, because it came out that he was this huge mentor to her, and uh, had spent a lot of time working with her and going to see her play. He took Gigi to all kinds of WNBA games and was very very supportive. And trying to build the women's game for his daughter and trying to help this other young lady. Um, I think when he retired, I think he finally saw a little more joy in basketball. And and was. it's just sad that that was cut short. It would have been interesting to see what he could have done with the women's game. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of neat the way he was supporting that and... And uh, working toward that as well. Well, it's just basketball. He was doing other things like body armor. Look at it now. Oh yeah, huge. Yeah, his wife now owns some portion of body armor. Yeah, uh, I can't remember how much it is, but yeah, she's making a bunch of money off he, that. He, he had invested in that when it was first came out. Yeah, he invested. He got in on the ground floor. Well, I'll say the the favorite thing I liked co- that Kobe did post retirement was. He started doing those film breakdowns like Peyton Manning does for football. Mm-hmm. Right. And I enjoyed the shit out of those. And we don't ever get that out of basketball players. We don't, like, we see football guys break down X's and O's and, like, diagram and tell us how, how a coverage is supposed to work or how you're supposed to break a coverage or whatever. We see that all the time. We don't ever see stuff like that in, this in basketball. And I don't think... A lot of people think of basketball in that way, like we do football. Football is always about like, oh, they're running a cover two or a cover three or they're they're in man, they're in zone. We're always thinking about schemes. We don't think about schemes in basketball. We're like, oh, come on, Kobe, take him off the dribble and get to the basket. We're not we're not thinking like, well, they've uh, you know they're running this defense and this this how does this rotation work and all these things. And Kobe was just like breaking things down in a way where you're like. Whoa! Yeah, like hmm. you—all this was running through your head while you were, t- you know, playing a game of basketball. Like, you got to be intelligent. Oh yeah, you know, you got to be super smart to be running, like, to be not only doing these things but thinking them out first. That's crazy to me. Oh yeah, Kobe spoke like four, five, six languages. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Now, of course, he was fluent in Spanish because he and Pal 
mm-hmm. would talk to each other in Spanish while they were running up and down the floor. Well, he grew up in Italy. Right, so he spoke fluent Italian. I, th- I believe he went back and bought his dad's old team. Oh, okay. I think he owned that Italian team later on in life hmm. um, because he was the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was a kid, he would go out there and shoot, dribble, or take on a men, adults, and beat them <laughs> <laughs> um, at halftime of his dad's games. I think Kobe used to watch his dad on TV and reenact it at home. Yeah, and he also, family back in the States, sent him all the films of Magic and Bird and those guys, and he just poured over that stuff. Because, I mean, he was in Italy at that time because his dad was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent him, his family sent him all that stuff, and he just poured over it. I mean, you know, you're an American in Italy. They're all wanting to play soccer, and all you want to do is play basketball. You know, he had, I mean, he probably played some soccer, I'm guessing, but he had a lot of time to work on his game and watch film. For sure. Well, gentlemen, shall we uh, go into litigation? Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I have a few of them here for you, gentlemen. I think I have a few really good ones today. All right. All right, Ray. Man, I got two for you. All right. Why do you have Dr. J ranked ahead of Kobe? Hmm. That is interesting. Um. Um. Or. I don't know. Uh. Well, uh, let me let me let me break down what my thoughts were on it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Let me hear this. Kobe's got better stats. Okay. He's got more accolades. He's got more rings. Um. They're both they're both flashy and exciting. I was uh, I was a little taken back by your ranking. Well, uh, maybe I got a little loyalty to the ABA, even yeah. though I wasn't born yet. But that's the only time the Pacers won any titles. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I show a little, maybe a little extra, too much extra love for the ABA, but maybe that's the reason. Okay. Never sure. All right, I got one more for you, Ray. Why is Pippen ahead of Kobe? Well, Pippen's a funny spot. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Uh, I put Pippen there to counterbalance LeBron. Because I think just because LeBron's got the accolades, I think Pippen out def- defends LeBron, plays a little harder than LeBron, because LeBron just kind of bitches out in the paint, and I fucking hate that. So that's why Scotty's there. Maybe my, you know, bias against LeBron kind of shot Kobe up the list a little bit, a little lower than should have. But yeah, that well, what's, was, Le- what's LeBron gonna do with Kobe though? Well, because I, I don't like LeBron. So I, I know I you ha- don't like LeBron, but uh, what I'm saying is, is what's what's that gotta do with Kobe and Pippen though? Well, because the whole target was. Pippen against LeBron, so I put Pippen there. Um, I'm not s- look. I'll I guess I'll just admit this. I'm not saying Pippen exactly better than Kobe, but I had to shit on LeBron in the <laughs> worst possible effing way and put Scotty at nine. So I mean, at the end of this, you know, nice little 
73 episodes or whatever, <laughs> there's going to be a nice, you know, rearranging. So so are you saying that Kobe may come up your list? Maybe. Or Pippen may go down your list? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But we'll see what happens when this is all done. All right. Fair enough. I'll leave you alone. Drew. Oh, boy. I have two for you. Okay. My first one, I'm interested. Why do you have Kobe ahead of Bob Pettit? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear this one. I do. Uh, Everybody that can't see us, uh, Drew's face is red. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to do it, Bob, but Kobe's just better than you. I had to say it. Oh, all right. I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear you admit it, Drew. I'm he, glad to hear you admit it. He just is. I mean, more championships, much better era of basketball. Uh, scored way more. He didn't have to quit to go get triple salary somewhere else. Yeah. Hey, but but Kobe never beat Bill Russell. He did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe did not beat Bill Russell. Yeah. All right. Now on a more serious note, yeah. you're the only one of us to have Kobe ranked ahead of Larry Bird. Oh. Okay. Why? Um. Kobe has more championships. Larry has more MVPs. Um, Kobe probably averages more points, I bet. Well, like point seven, yeah. yeah. I didn't look at Larry's stuff. I have not looked at that since the Larry's 24, 10, and 6. Hmm. Hmm. I figured he out-rebounded. That's to be expected, I think. I about to say, I expect Larry to. Um, I don't know. I guess... Where do I have? Do you know where I have Larry at behind him? Like it's six and eight, I think. Is that? Oh, is that okay. I think that's what. I, I don't know. I think I just like Kobe's so game a little bit better than Larry at the time. I think if Larry played a couple years later, where he was asked to shoot more threes, we might see a different type of Larry Bird. I think. I think we can get more of that in the Larry Bird episode. But I think that the era Larry played in it helped him tremendously but i think it also kind of hurt him because he wasn't because he was obviously a great shooter i think we all agree with that but i think if he plays later on that helps him even more being able to shoot more without being criticized or just not being asked to i think well i don't want to get into a bunch of my larry argument yeah but yes i think it's i think there's a lot of foolishness in today's um thought processes of when they comes to Larry, I, you hear a lot of like, Larry couldn't play today. He's not athletic enough, um, type stuff. Um, and I have I have a couple of things. First off, I hundred percent agree with you, Drew. Asking one of the greatest shooters ever to shoot more is yeah. not a bad thing. Right? Yeah, that's no. only going to help him. I think right? that helps him. I mean, let's think of it. What if we told Steph Curry, "You're only allowed to shoot two threes a game." <laughs> Right. How much different would his game be? And not from the logo, from right at the arc. Yeah. You know, I mean. If were pulled up from the Celtic logo at his cane at any time during (laughs) the game, we would all have been yelling (laughs) at him and, what are you doing? Just, oh, man, we all would have ate him alive. I mean, Curry shoots more threes per game by himself than the entire Celtics roster shot per game in the 80s. Um, so that's how different the games are. But second off, um, two of the best players in the NBA are slow and athletic white guys. Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic. 
Um, so if you can um, do things great, you can play. You know, I, I, I actually saw a huge argument online the other day um, where like 10 or 12 different people were trying to say that Larry Bird, if he played today, would be Joe Ingles. And I'm like, really? A bench player for the Jazz? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. I think you might have told us about that's, that. That's that people that have never watched Larry play. Right. I mean, that's that's that would be my first thought, is they never really saw him play. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Laker fan, but I have huge respect for Larry Bird. Larry was a great player. Well, here's here's my thing. As a Magic or as a Laker fan, it is... It is a disservice to the Lakers or to Magic to discredit Larry. Right. Yeah. Because if Larry sucked and he was your biggest competition, that means you probably weren't that good. Right. Y- you know what I'm saying? Or vice versa. If if Celtics fans were to say Magic sucked, that is a disservice to the Celtics and Larry Bird. Like I so either they were both either they both sucked but were just a little bit less sucky than the rest of the league <laughs> or they were both great yeah and i fall in the latter camp where they were Me both too. great they were both great we're arguing that he has bird at eight and kobe at six that's an understandable argument not larry is joe ingles <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's, that's, not even that's ridiculous yeah. that's terrible <clears throat> anyway so that was my two questions for you, Drew. All right. I have one question for you, Uncle Doug. Okay. Um, why Kobe ahead of Duncan? I thought this might come up. <laughs> <laughs> he always guesses right. I'm well, I, I, can, I can look at this and be honest with what I've done, you know. Um, Accolade-wise, I mean, you look at they both got five titles. Duncan's got three MVPs to Kobe's two. And that on the championships. Oh. He's got two to one MVPs. Um, so he's got him on the accolades a little bit. Kobe's got him a little bit on the points. Of course, obviously, Duncan's got him on the rebounds. Kobe's got him a little bit on the assists. Um, they're close. Um, I guess I probably went with the points. Um, that That's the only thing I can think of right now. Um, because they're on different lists. And I've said before, I sometimes struggled back and forth between lists. Um, and I felt like Shaq, I had, I have Kobe 7, Shaq 8, and Tim 9. And those could shuffle some. Well, but I don't know where everybody else has Duncan, if everybody has a list handy. But... You, Ray, you said you have him at four? Yeah, at four. I believe I have Duncan at four as well. Okay. Uh, I don't, Drew, do you know where you have him? No, I'm not sure. What? Alex, you have Duncan at six. Oh, shit. Sorry. I was up. I just got Drew. Him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Drew's got Duncan at 11. Oh, oh wow. Oh, he got him lower than me. I was not expecting that. So, where's Wade got him at? Do we know? Oh, wow. So, we got That's 11. So, your, fir- your first power forward came off the list at 11? Wow. I'm surprised. Like, if you're looking at me right out of my eyes, I'm thinking my head. I'm like, oh crap, that's. Where's Wade got him? I think uh, Wade is at six. Six. So I think I've appreciated Tim Duncan more as we went through this podcast. Honestly, I, I think. I mean, I I think I appreciated Tim at the time, but Tim wasn't. I mean, the big fundamental. 
Well, so I, you just didn't. And again, I saw Tim. The flash. When I started kind of remembering basketball. I was kind of even slower down, Mister Fundamental. Well, I too. was getting. I was getting ready to say that too. I wonder if some of it is our last memories of Tim. That that could be too. Because that his last like two years in the league, his his lower body was starting to fail him a little bit. He wasn't moving around very well. He was not nearly the player he used to be, which is not exactly abnormal to be not be right. great eighteen years in the league. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but it was recent. We that was what we like. We did. This, I mean, you know, our most recent memories of Duncan are that. You know, and we haven't, uh, he hasn't slipped into the legend atmosphere yet. You know, like Mike's been gone long enough where like he's, you know, he's had a resurgence as other things. He's, you know, he's, he's out there doing his thing right now. We're just like, oh, Duncan's only been retired a few years. I mean, Duncan's not even in the hall yet, is he? Uh, Has he been retired long enough to be in the hall? I don't think so. I, Let me look here. I can't remember Duncan? now. Yeah, Duncan. Yeah, he came in the same class with Garnett, Duncan, Kobe. Oh, they all three won until yeah. last year, right? Yeah, it should oh, be. Was it? Yeah. They all should okay. be in the same class oh, together. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I was wrong on that. But it's just still barely, though. I'm going to talk about that being one of the best. Um, I mean, Co- Kobe, Duncan, Garnett, that's pretty. That's a pretty impressive class, yeah. Like the yeah, so there's Kobe. What? Oh yeah, Garnett, Duncan. Yeah, they all went in the same class. Yeah, Drew's right. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, we thought about that as one of the best classes ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, I am a little bit higher on Garnett than the rest of you guys, but the other two are super, super high on our list. I yeah, mean, that's that's a pretty amazing <clears throat> Hall of Fame class. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say it's another reason I'm really disappointed. Wade's not here tonight because I had an interesting question for Wade. Because last week, and I don't rem- I guess he missed our uh, Wilt episode, so it must right. have been in the special episode. Wade said that LeBron never passed a group of guys that go- are like two through five. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I was going to ask Wade, why does he have LeBron ahead of Kobe? Mm. Oh, yeah, I wish Wade was here. <laughs> So, hmm. um, I I have LeBron ahead of Kobe too. I think, or I as I, or also I do too. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I just wanted to hear what Wade's reasoning was because I thought that him making that statement last week would have made his his uh, answer interesting. All right. Does anybody have any questions for me for yeah. uh, Kobe and litigation? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you put Kobe ahead of Shaq? It was just by one spot, but I was just wondering. Oh, I did that as well. Yes, I asked uh, Uncle Doug that last week during or two weeks ago for the Shack episode, um, and I think I think it it just boiled down to the uh, it was it was tough because Kobe has one more championship than Shaq, but Shaq is the best player on more championship teams, mm-hmm. so it got it was a really tough decision there, um, but I think um, Kobe's. Kobe's greatness spanned longer, um, and his accolades built up more. And I, I, it was tough for me. I could go either way, but I think really what it boiled down to at the very end was Shaq could have been so much more if he would have just taken care of himself, and that really bothers me. And maybe it shouldn't. 
maybe it shouldn't go into my ranking, but I think it sneaks in there. So, Any, anybody else? Uh, I see um, Le- LeBron at seven and Kobe at nine. Mm-hmm. Do you really think LeBron is seven and Kobe's at nine? Are you really ask? Are you asking me if yeah. I really want those rankings, or are you asking me if I think Kobe's better than, or if I think LeBron's better than Kobe? Right. Yeah. The second. Yes, I do believe LeBron's really? better than Kobe. Yes. What makes LeBron better than Kobe? Um, his overall um, game. Um, they're contemporaries for a long time, um, and I do. I do think. Uh, it's it's close. Um, Kobe does have one more title, but um, LeBron has been the best player on four championship teams, um, not two. Um, so I think that matters. And uh, I think LeBron is uh, so much more efficient, and his long his longevity has gotten asinine at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, now does. I do I I will say this though. Whether LeBron fans want to recognize it or not, I think it's 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 virtually fact at this point. This is the easiest era of basketball for longevity, just because they've taken all the physicality out of the game. I'm not I'm not taking a shot at LeBron with this, but if we're seeing in all sports, yeah, I mean, look Tom at, Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. That's a right. great example of that. Um, you know, we're taking physicality out of football and basketball. So it's easier for guys to play longer. Um, but did I expect LeBron to be averaging 27, 6, and 7, or whatever he's averaging this year in year 19? No, I did not. Um, so, yes. And that that's my reasoning there. Okay. And then let me ask you this one. Uh, you got LeBron at 7, nine, uh, Kobe at 9. What puts Bill Russell at 8? Why you split the two up? Is it the titles? Was I mean, that Russell's ranked high because of his titles. I mean, there's no secret there. Right. Um, but why? I, I I don't think I split them intentionally. I don't think no. I was like I'm gonna put Russell between LeBron and Kobe. Um, so I guess the answer is I don't know. But yeah, Russell is ranked that high because of his titles okay let me let me word this different i guess i guess uh okay so what puts bill let me just ask this what puts bill russell ahead of kobe i don't know more than twice as many titles (laughs) 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 i mean okay i can deal with that answer I mean, I'm not going to say I am. I guess I'm the podcast Russell guy, but at the same time, it's not like Russell's case is easy. You know what I mean? Like, if if you you know what have been you know what have made the '60s easy is if Wilt or Russell would have done both. If Wilt would have won 11 titles with his same stat line, you'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. Or if oh, Russell would have put up Wilt's scoring numbers and still won the titles, titles we'd right. be like, oh shit. But yeah. since the one guy won the titles and didn't score very much, and the other guy scored an asinine amount, and but, but didn't, didn't win, win the titles, yeah. you're like, uh, yeah, you can't vault them up. Oh, that's the best ever. Like for like a total argument, right? Yeah, I mean, like statistically, Will's the best, greatest all time. 
championship wise, Russell's, but you can't put both together to call them the best ever. Well, they, if I mean, we're, this is one of the hugest ifs probably we've ever said. I mean, this is kind of asinine. But if one of them would have accomplished that, they would be the greatest ever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even I mean, if they played in the sixties, if you, right. if your average is thirty, twenty three, and four, while winning 11 championships, you're the greatest player to ever walk on the face of the earth. Right. Period. Yeah. End of the conversation. Yeah. Don't give a shit what era you played in. Yep. And you like, probably got five MVPs. Yeah, exactly. All finals well, at least. And then whenever the finals MVPs came into your championships, you've got it. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uncle Doug, you got one for me? Yep. All right. Nobody else? Mm-mm. Nope, I'm good. Alrighty, well that will end the litigation. Shall we give our uh, closing statements on old Kobe Bryant, guys? Certainly. All right, Ray, what you got for us? Um, besides the wacky that wacky turn of events in that draft, uh, phenomenal athlete, phenomenal player. Um, we all know egos are going to get in the way at some point when you're getting bank accounts overloaded, uh, people you got to play with, and then. Uh, off the court kind of stuff you know everybody gets a hitch everybody makes mistakes Kobe learned from that went down the path grew up the mama mentality you know do better you know just you know I just Kobe was the shit like some people don't learn Kobe learned better to self better to other people he knew what was what his life path was and he he got it done. On the court, off the court, promoting other things. That was Kobe. So, I mean, major props to that man for growing up and, you know, uh, taking responsi- responsibility for stuff that he's done. So, got to give him props for that. All right. Well, that leads to me. I think we've said... <coughs> Most of what needs to be said about Kobe. I'm comfortable where I have Kobe on my list. I think he's one of those guys that may go up or down one spot or two spots, depending on what I do with other guys. But I'm not going to seek out moving Kobe. Um, he's in, he's entrenched in my top ten all time, and I don't think he'll move outside my top ten. Um, I don't see any reason for that. Um, I think he's all time great. Um, he's definitely not moving up my shooting guard list, but he's also not going down my shooting guard list. Um, he'll stay at two. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Kobe was a guy I got to watch his entire career, um, and I I enjoyed it. I didn't always root for Kobe. I didn't always, you know, <laughs> like Kobe or his teams, but, um, you know, respected Kobe in his game. Um, you definitely uh, feared Kobe once he got – turned into you know the Kobe we knew and uh, he was an all time great so that will lead us to Uncle Doug okay well when I was going through all this I looked at the Mamba mentality and Kobe had five pillars of his Mamba mentality and I think this describes him five pillars are passion obsession relentlessness resilience and fearlessness and that that's what he tried to be and um, he definitely had a passion for the game he was obsessed with it 
he was relentless when he started working on stuff. Um, resilient, he could bounce back, and fearless. He didn't care what people thought. He was going to do his thing. Um, I, I agree. I didn't always agree with everything he said and did, but had huge respect for his game and his passion to win. Andrew? Um, well, Kobe was probably my first love in basketball when I was watching. That was kind of the first time that I kind of remember started watching basketball was those uh, playoff runs. The second time with the Lakers when we used to watch basketball, Alex would come over and play Little Tykes Hoop during halftime. And <laughs> Uncle Doug or Dad would yell, game's back on. And Brenda, quit running in the hat. But I remember watching Kobe and then play the Celtics or, and all that. So that's probably my first memory. So Kobe always have a special place in my heart. All right. Well, that will end the Kobe Bryant portion of this episode and move us into trivia. Drew? Yep. Let me open my phone here. I have my question. Make it a good, easy one for me. No, no, no. All right. Will Chamberlain scored 500 in the least amount of games with a new team. Who is second? Can you repeat that, please? All right. So Wilt scored 500 points the quickest, so like the least amount of games. Okay. Who is next behind him with a new team to get to 500? Hmm. So the not not the most recent, just who did it after Wilt? Yeah. Hmm. So Wilt was the quickest to do it, and then who is next? So who scored 500 with their new team? The Almost group. as fast as Wilt. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I have my answer. Yeah, I'm locked in. Uncle Doug's struggling. I see the I see the pain on his face. <laughs> All right, I got one now. I had to change it. <laughs> All, right. All right, I put Kareem. All right, I said KD. Okay, I also said Kareem. It is Kevin Durant. Oh, uh, there you go. Team 17 games. So who'd you write the first time, Uncle Doug? Barkley. Oh, yes. Because he bounced around teams. Mm. Then I thought, oh, wait a minute. What about KD? Yep. It was KD. Wade would be proud of me. KD. Yes. Yes, he would. <coughs> All right. Uncle Doug has tied Drew again. <laughs> All right. Oh. All righty. Next question. Uh, I'll go on this one. Uh, for which 2012 NBA team was Tyron Lue assistant coach for? 2012. That was only a decade ago. Crap. <laughs> All right, I have a guess. Yeah, I got a guess. It's right down a team, Drew. <laughs> no, they it's ain't. all over but the crying. Alright, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Alright. I put the magic. I put the Lakers. I put the Lakers. Uh correct answer is the Celtics. Mm. Ooh, I didn't know he coached with them. Well, the reason I put the magic is he's coached under Doc in like three or four different places. Oh, and it okay. I know d I couldn't remember. I couldn't put the years together in my head, like where Doc would have been <laughs> at that time, because I know he Doc coached us, and then he went to the Celtics. Right. So, like, I guess that would have been during that Celtics big three run. So Tyler Lou was probably okay. there. All, All right. right. Well, I guess it's me. 
Um, okay. Uh, I wasn't going to do draft tonight, which worked out good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all the all the ni- the ninety six draft, by the way, is considered probably the second greatest draft behind the eighty four draft hmm. because you have Kobe, Steve Nash, AI, Jermaine O'Neal. There's a whole bunch of four MVPs came out of that class. But I wanted to do scoring tonight because of Kobe's eighty one. Wilson number one with a hundred. Kobe's two with eighty one. Wilt's three with 78. I've asked this question before. Number four was Wilt and David Thompson at 73. Then Wilt at 72. And then there's two guys that scored 71. Who are they? Well, I've got one right off the bat. Yeah, I knew one. I don't think I'm going to get the second one, though. And right after the 71 at 70 is Wilton Devin Booker. Yeah, I was going to say, Booker did 78 just a couple years ago. Which is kind of impressive to see his name up there with all those other guys. Yeah. Makes you wonder how his career going to keep Booker's going. Devin Booker one of those guys that uh, he, he was pretty close to Kobe, too. Yeah. Him and Jason Tatum are like the uh, Kobe guys right now. Mm-hmm. He was tutoring before he passed away. Oh, crap. Uh, 71 points. I don't know. This is rough. I knew one guy right off the bat, and I, I have no idea who this other guy is. Hmm. All right, I got it. Guesses, I guess. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess the other one just so we can move on. I got mine. Got him, Ray? Yeah, go ahead. Right, I go said ahead. the Iceman and David Robinson. I said David Robinson and Pistol Pete. And I just said Kobe and T-Mac. Well, Pistol had 68. Damn. David Robinson is one. Yeah. Elgin Baylor's the other. Mm. Oh, Baylor put up 71. I knew I knew the Admiral right off the bat. Boom. I wrote him down. I'm sitting here going, uh, who do I guess for this next <laughs> guy? Because I don't know. All right. Yeah, uh, Pistol scored 68. He's way up there, too. All right. That's me, right? Yep. Yep. All right. There is only one person in NBA history. To win the MVP, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year. Who is it? You say in the same year? Yeah, all in the same year. They coached the team, played for the team, and was the GM for the team. <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> that, I mean, that. I mean, yeah, it could have been LeBron. Let's be real here. I mean, I think I know who it is, but I just had to clarify. Yeah, I do. I think I know. I've got two guesses. This might be my first two point nine. I got a chance. <laughs> Why is it this current NBA, Alex? We stopped the streak. I well, honestly, I'll tell you why in a minute after everybody answers. Okay, has everybody got it? Yeah. yeah. All right, let's see it. Larry Bird. I said Bird. I said Jerry West. Well, Jerry never won MVP. Um, I can't remember. It is Larry Bird. Yes, I had a current NBA question ready. When I got here, but I was sitting here watching the Pacers game Ray had on, and they kept showing Bird, and I knew that in my head um, from other things I'd done. So I was like, oh, "That's an interesting question. I'll ask it." Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, because he has three MVPs, but then he won Coach of the Year with the Pacers, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he won Executive of the Year later with the Pacers. Right. Just a few years, like three or four, 
five years ago, something like that. He won yeah. executive of the year. He's had a great career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Uh, Ray and Uncle Doug got one there, huh? No. So I'm coming for you, Wade. Yeah, me too, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After this week's tallies, these scores are as follows. Ray with 22. Woo! Drew with 45. Uncle Doug with 46. Alex with 53. And Wade with 58. I did not cut into uh, Wade's lead, but Uncle Doug has passed Drew. We don't have too many people catch and pass away in the same week because we don't normally get that many points in one week. (laughs) But it it does happen from time to time. But Wade's lead is safe for another week. (laughs) And we appreciate you tuning in for our Kobe Bryant episode. And please tune in next week for our Hakeem Olajuwon episode, The Dream. And thanks for tuning in to Sports the Nemo Way.